From the Valley of the Sun in Phoenix, Arizona, welcome to episode 178 of the What is Truth Catholic podcast. My name is Deacon Steve, and I remain a permanent deacon in the Diocese of Phoenix. It is now April, and Easter Sunday will soon be here. It is time for us to continue our Lenten preparations. If we have not done what we hope for during Lent, don't give up. Ask God for the grace to deny ourselves to give ourselves to him and to one another, and to be forgiven our sins, and ultimately to grow in holiness. Never despair. Always have hope in him who suffered and died for us out of love. In episode 178 of the What is Truth Catholic podcast, we will first discuss our saint of the week, St. Casilda, a convert to the faith. We hear a homily for the fifth Sunday of Lent as Jesus encounters a woman caught in adultery. In the segment Catholics in the News, we will learn about the challenges of a Canadian priest. In our segment Truth in the Media, we will learn about a book to help us to meditate on the works of the Holy Spirit. In the segment entitled I Don't Get It, I will attempt to understand a new bill being considered by the California legislature. Finally, during our Truth Topic of the Week, we will hear the truth from Pope Francis about the sacrament of confession. All of this, plus music from Company of Saints who sings Face to Face. This and more on episode 178 of What is Truth? Saint of the Week Some saints' names are more familiar to us than others, but even the lives of obscure holy persons teach us something. And so it is with Saint Casilda. Her father was a Muslim leader in Toledo, Spain in the 10th century. Casilda was a devout Muslim, but was kind to Christian prisoners. She became ill as a young woman but did not trust that any of the local Arab doctors could cure her. But she made a pilgrimage to the shrine of San Vicenzo in northern Spain. Like so many other people who made their way there, many of them suffering from hemorrhages, Casilda sought the healing waters of the shrine. We're uncertain what brought her to the shrine, but we do know that she left it removed of illness. In response, she became a Christian, and lived a life of solitude, penance, not far from that miraculous spring. It is said that she lived to be a hundred years old. Her death likely occurred around the year 1050. Her feast day is April 9th. Saint Casilda, who received the Lord's hearing, and from that point on, led a life devoted to his service. Our Saint of the Week. Homily of the Week. Today's homily is based on the readings for the fifth Sunday of Lent, 
as we hear about the story of the adulteress in her encounter with our Lord. Lillian Kahn is a well-known Philadelphia broadcaster who worked for WCAU-TV for 27 years. During that time, she filled many roles. She was a reporter with breaking news. She was a news anchor, as well as an entertainment show host, but is most well-known for her years as a hard-charging investigative reporter with a talent for uncovering scandals and scams. In 1991, Khan made local and national news when she publicly told her story of battling breast cancer after a misdiagnosis when she was only 35. Her 1992 special report, Breast Cancer, My Personal Story, won numerous awards. Khan is the author of an inspirational memoir entitled I Dare Me, which is a book written on how she challenged herself to do new things each day. This changed in her entire life. The book grew out of a blog called Year of Firsts, which chronicled this veteran's journalist, mother, and survivor's daily adventures as she pushed herself to try something new every single day, an effort to get her life unstuck, as her daughter called it. She went on this year-long adventure while working full-time, a day job as an eight-time Emmy award-winning journalist with NBC10 News in Philadelphia. Her journey eventually led her to a major career change. In December 2014, she left her 40-year career in broadcast journalism to dare audiences across the country and to help launch the next generation of communicators at Temple University in Philadelphia. Khan today is Director of Career Services for Temple University's Klein College of Media and Communication. Luann Khan, cancer survivor who shows us the value of doing something new. In our first reading for this fifth Sunday of Lent, we hear from the book of the prophet Isaiah, and the Lord is telling his people and reminding them of all the things he has done for them. And he tells them that he is doing something new. In our second reading from St. Paul to the Philippians, we hear St. Paul talk about that nothing is important, that nothing on this earth is important. The loss of anything doesn't matter. For what is really important is attaining Christ and living in and for Christ. And then the Gospel of St. John, we've heard it many times, the people bring an adulteress, actually a woman caught in the act, don't ask me to explain that one, of adultery to Jesus. They're clearly trying to trip him. And the law of Moses, the law of God prior to that, would be to stone this woman to death. But Jesus says something totally new that totally changes their view of things when he says, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Jesus came to bring in the new as well, especially Christ and his teachings and his ultimate sacrifice for our sins. We are called to think about, are we willing to be a new creation for Christ? Are we willing to do something new as God is trying to do something new in our lives? Sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, we like new things, 
but we want to choose what new things we want to do. We may have activities or hobbies or things we want to enjoy, a good round of golf, a good movie. So we want to do new things, but we want to pick those new things. We want to have them be things important to us. Some things, sometimes, we're not willing to do new things. We're kind of stuck in our rut. We're comfortable with the way our lives are. We're not unhappy. We're doing okay. And we really have no desire to change anything. And when we're in this place, which we've all been and maybe now, we sort of say no to the idea of something new that God is calling us to in our lives. Sometimes we're willing, sort of, kind of, to say yes to that, but we really aren't willing to do something new in every area of our lives. We may be willing to change something here or there, but we still hold on to the control. We still hold on to the part of ourselves that we will not give to God. And when we live this way, we cannot experience the newness, the transformation, the conversion in our lives that God is calling us to, especially during this Lenten season, with being only two weeks away from Easter. So we are called, my brothers and sisters, to allow God to create something new in our lives. For this to happen, we must do what St. Paul did in our second reading. We must grow in indifference to the world. We must understand that no matter what happens here, good, bad, ugly, whatever, that truthfully, what is important is to keep our focus on life beyond here. Sure, we may have our good days and our challenges, but ultimately, there's nothing on this earth that we have, good or bad, that will last forever. So we must grow in indifference to this world. We must also understand that we are not here simply for ourselves. We must be willing, if we are to be new, to empty ourselves as Christ did. Empty ourselves of our agendas, of our desires, of our selfishness, of doing things our way and wanting control over everything. We must empty if we are to be new in the Lord. And we must grow in love and trust in him. We must be willing to give our lives to him, to truly have a faith that understands that growing in holiness and becoming a saint is truly what we are called here for. My brothers and sisters, as Lent moves further and further into this season, as we approach the joys of Easter, we are called to look at this question. We are called to be a new creation in Christ. Are we journeying toward that? We will only be able to do so by God's grace, by being willing to say yes to change, by being willing to put our trust in him, by being willing to give our entire life to Christ. And if we ask God for this gift, we will receive it. And as Lent continues and Easter comes upon us, we will be more and more each day what we're created to be, 
a new creation in Christ. And now let us listen to the group Company of Saints, who sings what we hope to see at our death. We see God face to face.
Catholics in the news. Father Claude Grau is out of the hospital and grateful for the groundswell of support he received after he was stabbed by an assailant while celebrating a mass, televised mass, at St. Joseph's Oratory in Montreal. The 77-year-old priest said in a statement that the words of support he had received warm my heart and allow me to contemplate these difficult moments peacefully. Father Grau said he was in good health and was basically processing the recent attack. Celine Barbeau, a representative of the oratory, said that the priest will grudgingly take a few days off. Though he needs a few days, he is in a very good state of mind, said Barbeau, and actually, he's eager to get back to work. We have to hold him back. Father Grau was standing behind the altar for daily mass when about si- with about 60 congregants in the oratory's crypt church when he was rushed by a man in a baseball cap who stabbed him. The church security team quickly detained the attacker. The incident was broadcast live. Authorities detained 26-year-old suspect they said was known to the police. The priest, who is rector of the shrine, was taken away by ambulance. Montreal police said he suffered upper body lacerations. We are all shocked by this act of violence that has taken place in our city in a space dedicated to peace, said Archbishop Christian Lapine of Montreal. We know that places of worship of many religions are targets of acts of violence, the Archbishop continued. We must continue to follow the path of peace and love, believing that good will overcome evil through prayer and good works. Construction on the mountaintop oratory was finished in 1967, the dome being visible all across Montreal. It is the largest shrine dedicated to St. Joseph in the world, with about 2 million visitors annually. Father Claude Grau, recovering from an attack while serving Mass on local television. This week's Catholics in the News. Truth in the Media Daily Meditations with the Holy Spirit by Father Jude Winkler, OFM, gives the reader minute meditations for every day of the year, containing a scripture reading, a reflection, and a prayer. Father Winkler offers us an opportunity to develop a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit and apply the truths of our meditation and the fruits of them to our everyday lives. Starting with January 1st, The book offers us the opportunity to think about the impact of the Holy Spirit in and on our lives. We Catholics often focus our prayer on God the Father and on Jesus the Son, but we must not forget the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, which is the fruit of the love between the Father and the Son. This book will draw us into a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit, and help us to be more in touch with the Lord's will for our lives. Daily Meditations with the Holy Spirit by Father Jude Winkler, helping us to grow by deepening our connection with the Holy Spirit. This week's Truth in the Media.
A state senator in California recently introduced a bill which would seek to force priests to violate the sacramental seal of the confessional in suspected cases of child abuse or neglect. Clergy are already mandated reporters in the state of California, but there's a legal exemption for material disclosed in the confessional. Senator Jerry Hill announced Bill 360 in the California Senate which says that individuals who harm children are suspected of harming or suspected of harming children must be reported so a timely investigation by law enforcement can occur. Hill said that more than 40 professions, including clergy, are already covered by state law requiring them to notify civil authorities in the case of suspected abuse and neglect. And that's true, and that's fine. However, the current legislation provides an exception for penitential communications between an individual and a minister, in this case, the sacrament of reconciliation or confession. Despite the centrality of the sacramental seal to church teaching and discipline, Senator Hill insists that there should be no recognition of any privileged nature of confession in the law. So let me get this straight. A California state senator is trying to force priests to violate the seal of the confessional, which, by the way, is an offense that can lead to excommunication of the priest, which is totally asking the priest to do something sacrilegious. This is okay? This makes sense? I truly don't understand this. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, what's going on in California? They become totally insane? I don't get it! Truth Topic of the Week Pope Francis recently called for the sacrament of confession to be elevated in the pastoral life of the Church. Confession, the Holy Father said, is the passage from misery to mercy. Let us restore to this sacrament the place it deserves in life and in pastoral ministry, the Holy Father went on to say. The Pope also said that receiving pardon for our sins through a priest is always a new, distinctive, and unique experience. We pass from being alone with our miseries to being raised up and encouraged by the Lord who grants us a new start. Pope Francis recommended that people approaching the Sacrament of Reconciliation spend time looking at a crucifix after making their confession. It would be beautiful, he said, to remain with eyes fixed on Jesus who has just set us free no longer looking at our miseries, but rather at his mercy. To look at the crucified one and say with amazement, that's where my sins ended up. You took them upon yourself. You didn't point your finger at me. Instead, you opened your arms and forgave me once again. For this is the heart of the confession, Holy Father said. Not the sins we declare, but the divine love we receive of which we are always in need. The Pope reflected, How many times do we feel alone, that we have lost our way in life? How many times do we no longer know how to begin again, overwhelmed by the effort to accept ourselves? We need to start over, but we don't know how or where to begin. Only by being forgiven can we set out again with fresh confidence 
after having experienced the joy of being loved by the Father to the full. Many perceive, Pope Francis said, the sacrament of confession, and with its sense of sin, to be in crisis in the contemporary world, and stress that the formation of priests is necessary to overcome the crisis and to offer ever more qualified service capable of really manifesting the beauty of the divine mercy. If we want to be free from evil, the Holy Father said, we have to make room for the Lord who forgives and heals. Evil is strong. It has a seductive power. It attracts and fascinates. Our own efforts are not enough to detach ourselves from it. We need a greater love. Without God, the Holy Father stated, we cannot overcome evil. Only his love raises us up from within. Only his tender love, poured out into our hearts, makes us free. This is the heart of confession. Not the sins we declare, but the divine love we received. Pope Francis, reminding us of the importance in the truth about confession. Our Truth Topic of the Week. Well, we have come to the end of episode 178 of the What is Truth Catholic podcast, and we even did it under 30 minutes. Not bad. If you have any feedback about the podcast you wish to share, or just want to let me know how your Lenten journey is going, please email me at deaconstevew, all one word, at gmail, G-M-A-I-L, dot com. As we continue our Lenten journey, let us pray to open ourselves to God's mercy, to allow God to make us a new creation in himself. May we learn our own sinfulness and go to the Lord for healing and forgiveness. Now, just to let you know, the next two weekends, next weekend, obviously, we celebrate the Lord's Passion, or Palm Sunday, as we enter Holy Week, and the following week, of course, Easter Sunday. So I'm going to do what I usually do uh, those two weeks. I'm not going to do a quote-unquote regular podcast. It won't be, you know, all the segments. What I'm going to do is reflect and preach on Holy Week, Palm Sunday and Holy Week, which I'll do next week. And then we'll do the same for Easter Sunday. So they'll be shorter uh, for sure, but a different format as we really need to focus on entering Holy Week and really truly participating in the liturgies that week, as well as preparing ourselves for the joys of the resurrection. So please look forward to that. I look forward to that next week and the week after. So God willing, we'll all be here to participate in this ministry of living the truth of Christ. Let us pray. Lord, help us to discern the truth, the truth you call us all to live. Help us to live in this truth so that we can be truly free. And let us ask our Lady's help in this journey. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, and at the hour of our death. Amen. Until next time, this is Deacon Steve. I invite you to join me as we discover together what is truth. <laughs>